Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web 3.0. Today, I'm going to be joined by John Mediana. And we're going to talk about how to get started with your very own NFT project. If you are very, very, very much interested in doing an NFT project, but you don't want to make a lot of mistakes, you're going to want to pay attention to this week's episode. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow us so you don't miss any of our future content on your favorite podcast app. We've got some great, great stuff coming your way. And now for this week's interview with John. Mediana. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by John Mediana. If you don't know who John is, you need to know who he is. He is an NFT growth strategist and founder of Executive Brand Growth, an agency that helps leaders develop their personal brand and content strategy. He's also co-founder of NFT Nashville a crypto community in, you guessed it, Nashville, Tennessee. John, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? What's up, Michael? So excited to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am stoked that you're here because we're going to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time, which is how to get started with an NFT project. So many people are watching what Gary Vaynerchuk has done, what Bored Apes has done, and what a lot of other projects have done, and they're they're fascinated by it. Maybe they've dabbled a little bit like I have and bought some of these NFTs, but they want to know like maybe what what's the stuff they need to understand if they're going to launch their very own NFT. That's what we're going to talk about today, kind of what you need to know to get started. But before we go there, let's start with your story. How'd you get into NFTs? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, definitely. So the way I got started, I think like everybody that got started is it didn't happen overnight. I think there's, you know, I believe that there's like 67,000 interconnected things that needed to happen in order to get to, you know, this place. It all started, I guess, you know, with my curiosity, I'm starting from from MySpace, the MySpace days used to code that. So me and my friend uh, growing up, his nickname was Spidey because he was always on the computer and he kind of like was a high functioning, he had like a high functioning autism kind of thing too. So it gave him like super focus on a lot of stuff. I was like, wow, that is a superpower. Like, man, I'm just gonna, you know, learn so much from my my bro here. So he started teaching me how to like code and do HTML. And then when the Bitcoin era came in like 2010 and 11, he introduced me to mining Bitcoin. So we were just hanging out just these young guys, like learning computer stuff, super geeking out. And he would come over to my house and he would teach me these stuff. And I felt so, it just felt so wrong. I felt like it was illegal, you know, at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I had like a really deep moral compass, like when I was younger. And I was like, bro, like we were doing it. I was like, 
this feels so wrong. I don't want the feds to knock on my door and break down my door and start collecting all our stuff, man. I think we should just forget this ever happened. So like, <laughs> I told them, I was like, we got to dump it, bro. We got to just dump it. Like we can't have anything traced back. Cause you were making money and it seemed too easy. Is that what it came down to? It just seemed like unreal, you know, at the time. And it was like so new and it was so unreal. Like, is this real? Like, you know, what are these aren't even worth anything, but they trace it on a blockchain. It's a public ledger and like all this other stuff. So I was very curious, but I was also like, yeah, this has to be illegal. And at the time, the way it was designed, it was for other things, you know, not just what it is today. So I got really kind of like I had FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt about the blockchain and Bitcoin. So I was like, dude, out of sight, out of mind. So we just like dumped and like, I was like, la, 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 like, you know, for a couple of years. And I just want to forget that ever happened. And then 2016 came along. So wait, you sold all of your coins then? We just dumped it. I was just like, I don't even want to know what, you know. And so that probably would have been worth a fortune if you kept it, right? That is why I'm kicking myself in the butt because <laughs> I realized later on, I, you know, I want to be honest and, re- and say that I, it didn't click till, you know, not too long ago because you would think I would learn my lesson. But in 2016, Bitcoin came back around in conversations because of my friends and the, the clients I, I used to work with had mentioned, Do you, did you hear about this Bitcoin thing, blockchain and, and what's going on? Something called ETH is on, you know, circling around now. And I was like, this is like, okay, like, yeah, I, I almost was playing dumb. Like, yeah, I think I heard of Bitcoin. You know, that's, that's a pretty interesting concept, you know, and I just kind of brushed it off. And then uh, 2016, the end of 2016, I was like, all right, let me get into this thing and kind of like see how it's developed. So I went into like, I created a Coinbase wallet and stuff, but this was all new stuff that was happening. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to put like a couple hundred bucks in Bitcoin and just whatever. But I didn't know that you had to like save your seed phrase at the time. And I didn't know that you had to do all this stuff to, you know, like I thought it was like, oh, if I forgot my email, I'll just like, you know, go and request, you know, an email thing. I was like a big social media person. So I didn't, I wasn't like thinking that I needed to secretly keep this thing a secret. Like it wasn't a big deal. And then I lost my seed phrase. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to find this thing. I wrote it on like a tiny piece of like, you know, yellow notepad paper and I hid it under my desk. And then I had like moved twice and I was like, okay, this is, so if like for years I was looking for the, I've been looking for the seed phrase for my old Coinbase wallet. I lost it completely. I started, you know, I was like, all right, well, maybe it wasn't that important. Maybe, you know, the universe is telling me that I shouldn't hold any, <laughs> any coin or anything like that. So later on in life, as a couple of years went by, you know, a lot of our clientele uh, started talking about VR, AR, metaverse, blockchain. And I, I became really, really then like, okay, I'm paying attention now. Um, I was part of a, a large agency in Las Vegas where we focused on AR and blockchain development. And then I was like, okay, this is really developing now. Now we're like moving towards something that's tangible, I believe. So after I left that agency, I was like, I'm just going to focus on building people's brand, the CEOs and businesses brand online. But a lot of them are in this space. A lot of them are developing projects. A lot of them are really, you know, heavy into the crypto space and blockchain. So I kind of accidentally fell into this knowledge and, and learning more about it. It started a long time ago. Now it came up again. And this is kind of like what I'm actively doing on a daily basis. So it was a quite of a, a long journey. You know, a few things had to happen. And 
I'm finally fully woken up to the idea of blockchain now. Thank God. So talk to us about like what you're doing now, like mention, you know, the NFT Nashville. Talk to us a little bit about what you're focused on right now. So I'm mainly focused on two things. Number one is executive brand growth. We're helping a lot of CEOs, founders in this space help market themselves, but also help their companies out too. So NFT Nashville is another thing I'm focusing on, which is basically, you know, Nashville is known as the publishing capital of the world. Like this is where music came from, right? So it's like the capital of music, capital of medical, capital of publishing. If you're an author, if you're a musician, a producer, Nashville's where it's at. And I believe that Nashville in the future, if not happening now, is going to be known as the minting capital of the world. And a lot of people are coming here for the tech web three, the tech space, medical blockchain technologies being developed here, healthcare, all those things. A lot of real estate NFT stuff is happening here in Nashville. And NFT Nashville is really about curating a community and bringing education and helping people that are already kind of seasoned in this space, but also learning to have like a place where a community is being developed and curated and a lot of cool stuff is happening here in Nashville. And we're really excited. I'm really excited to help lead the charge and meet so many people that are working on some incredible, significant stuff in this space here. Let's talk about a little bit about your background as far as NFTs goes as well, because obviously we're going to be starting to talk about NFTs today and it'd be useful for people to hear a little bit of your story on that front as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the NFTs kind of was a natural transition from learning about crypto and blockchain technology. The idea of NFTs was really incredible for me because I grew up as a creative. You know, I'm Filipino and a lot of times I like to say I'm the 1% of male Filipinos that didn't become a nurse, right? I went the other direction, which was creativity. And, you know, I picked up my first camera when I was younger and I just loved, you know, I'd never put it down. So NFTs to me, as I was growing up, I was really into basketball card collections and just really creative things like music and producing and design and building MySpace pages and stuff. So it was kind of like a really natural transition going from learning about crypto and blockchain to going into NFTs like, oh, this is incredible for artists and musicians. And that was kind of like the lens I was looking through because I was like, man, how does the creative space, how does the creator community economy grow as a creative myself, learning how much, you know, a lot of times creative kind of get overlooked and kind of get just used and stuff. Instead, they're now put on the platform and on the spotlight as artists and creatives. And they also now with NFTs can be attached to smart contracts that actually pay the dues that they deserve as creatives, you know, because a lot of times creatives don't really get that platform to showcase. So for me, helping creatives understand the power of NFTs and why it's so important to learn about it and integrate that with the creativity that they're working on in projects that are very meaningful to them, that are close to them in proximity, how NFTs can actually be used as ecosystem and kind of like a, a fuel to what they're already doing. This is their time, right? The, the creator economy is booming. And I feel like NFTs is just, just the beginning uh, of, of what we can do. So from your perspective, have you created your own NFTs? Have you been involved with NFT projects? Like just give us a little bit of that story just so people understand whatever your background is in that front. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
fell into creating the creation part with a client. One of our clients is was doing so much that they're still continuing to do stuff in, in the metaverse and, you know, they collect NFT art and they were doing their own stuff in AR and, and VR and stuff. So we've been very blessed to be a part of that project in the very beginning stages of strategy and pulling kind of like a, a blueprint together to launch. You know, they were just in the first beginning phases and stages of how do they create the idea and strategy of, of going to market and publicizing and, and all kinds of stuff. So we've helped develop the strategy and blueprint to take them to market. And now they're just, they're they're running rampant. The gallery called V Gallery. They're part of Verse. There's another collection too. They're also going to be in NFT LA, by the way. So that's going to be a lot of fun. The, another project that we will help work on was Kingdom of Dwarves. And one of my close friends, he is an Academy Award winning 3D artist um, with a bunch of other artists as well. So in the very first phase, they, they were building this NFT and they quickly came into a snag of like, we spent all this time building this project. And John, like we just, we forgot, like how are people going to find us? And how are people going to know about this project? So we did a huge launch strategy with them. We took our blueprint that we learned from the other projects that we worked on in the past and we applied it to their, their project. And they sold out the pre-mint or mint day completely sold out within minutes. And it was really exciting to see their journey and apply the community stuff that, that they were building and you know building that attention too. So we've been a, a part of a few projects and we're currently working on a few projects of our own in right now. And I just believe in timing. Timing is everything. Learning, testing, learning, adapting with the community. You know, it's not Really, for me, my core values isn't really like how fast can we turn things around. My core values is really how do we have healthy growth? How do we build a community that really truly cares about the project we want to create? So making sure that we have the right people, making sure that we have, we're building the right audience. And those things are really important to me when I'm investing or putting my time into a project. So it's been great to work on other projects as we test, learn, and adapt our roadmap and blueprint you know, to help scale from scratch, how to build the team, how do we, what elements do we need? What are the holes and gaps? Been able to take all those learnings and apply them to the things that we're actually working on now. So with NFT Nashville, we've been able to meet and be introduced to a lot of incredible artists, a lot of incredible full stack developers, a lot of incredible even investors and brands that are coming to us now and saying, hey, like we need to build this thing. We're, we're excited to work on this project. So we're taking on a few projects ourselves personally that I believe that it's going to completely be a significant, you know, brand in this space. And, you know, th those are the things I'm, I'm really excited about is to do the groundwork on it. Well, and folks, I have also been doing my own investing over the last couple of months. As of the last 24 hours, I invested in this uh, trending uh, collection called Muri, M-U-R-I, by House. I bought a rare one and I bought a, a regular one. I've also been investing in The Walking Dead by AMC and I've got like three pretty rare ones. And then I've also invested in Lazy Lions and Crypto Chicks, just to mention a few. Oh, love them. Amazing projects. Yeah. And it's like, I'm watching what they're doing and in the future shows as I'm bringing on guests, I'm going to also point out some of the fascinating things that I'm doing that I'm seeing some of these projects that are just blowing up like this, this Murray one by by house is like absolutely blowing up. It's like ridiculous. Like every few minutes people are buying them and it's, it's just absolutely mad. 
and obviously not everyone who's listening is going to create a project that's going to have that kind of like practically like bored apes kind of like, like experience. There's going to be some people listening to the show downstream that are going to learn from what we talk about and they might be the next board ape. Right. So, so let's talk about your strategy. Like I know that you've been around, you've been watching for a while. So, you know, at a high level, let's talk about your strategy. What is your strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So personally, this is my strategy. The reason why we're bringing NFT Nashville together is because the board apes of the future are in the room. And the reason why I go to meetups, NFT LA, NFT NYC, Miami, you know, all those things is because the people that are there are the next Elon Musk's. The people that are there are the next, you know, you name it, the, the Jeff Bezos, the next board ape, the next lazy lions. And it's really cool because in this NFT culture, in this space, people are deeply connected and they want to, you know, they really want to have an affinity for what we're creating. It's a creator economy and it's, it's amazing. So the things that I look for is authenticity. You know, the founders, number one is who are the founders of these projects and these brands? Do they have a, number two is, do they have a, a realistic roadmap? You know, because a lot of times, you know, when you look at a roadmap and they're like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to give this away. And once we hit, you know, it's kind of like, okay, but the community's not there yet or the, you know, it, it, so I, I look at the alignment with the roadmap and the founders and the community that's being built. And there's really, there's a lot of synergy. Like you said, like Lazy Lines has a phenomenal community. I mean, all these projects that you mentioned, they have a phenomenal community. And and I look at the community that's on Twitter and, and Discord and Instagram as well, you know, kind of seeing, okay, like where all this is going. So personally, I, I just want to be in proximity, you know, the, the old phrase of being six degrees apart, you know, from, from incredible opportunities. Like I want to be as close as possible to the things that are changing the game when it comes to blockchain and, and the utilization of entities. I want to be, you know, in spaces that is encouraging creativity and innovation. I want to see stuff that we're, that no one is seeing in the NFT space or haven't seen yet. And I believe in these spaces, these meetups and these rooms and building relationships, you know, in this community is, is really key and really important. So when you say stuff like doing your own research and why you invested in these projects, I believe a majority of that comes from the foundation of being in the room and being in proximity to these projects, seeing what they're doing and having stake in their, in their project, you know, as a brand long term. So let's go through your strategy. So there are people that want to know, how do we actually get started with starting our own NFT projects? So what is, I know you've come up with a, some sort of a NFT brand growth method, right? So, yes, yeah. so talk to us a little bit about like, you know, let's act like all of us that are listening right now are thinking about launching an NFT project. So what's the steps that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, the NFT brand growth method is this thing that we coined as we laid out, like I said earlier, the, the blueprints, the guidelines, the things that we've seen, the formula of growth. So we laid it out pretty simply in, in five different steps. So number one is you want to define your outcomes before you start a project or maybe you have a business and you want to incorporate the use of NFTs or tokenization or anything on, on blockchain or Web3, right? You want to, number one, define the outcomes. What are the outcomes that you're looking for to utilize the attention in, in the project? Like, what is it? Is it just to do it for just to learn? Is it to do it to give more utility to the audience? Is it to bring a community closer? Is it to sometimes is it just to make money? Right. So, I mean, that could be an outcome. 
I mean, I'm not, I think money is the worst motivator, by the way. But if you, if that's your outcome, you have to define your outcome. That's number one. So that you know that you have a goal. Yeah. Let, and let's go through these one at a time and, and we'll reveal them after we've talked through it. So what are some of the outcomes that typically you're hearing from people like, just so people can wrap their head around what the possible outcomes could be, because obviously everybody wants to make money. That's kind of a given, or they wouldn't do it in the first place. But what are some of the other, what are some of the desires that people are trying to build that you've seen with a lot of successful NFT projects? The number one outcome that I've heard is getting ready for the metaverse, right? So they, they want to be first to market in the metaverse when it comes to those things. Another one is having that community, that strong community being built. So, you know, that could be like a thousand true fans in their community and they're just building longevity with their project. The people that care about the stuff that they're doing, it's really like a, almost like a quick place to directly communicate and also give value to a community and reward a community. You know, so those are two major outcomes that I've been having conversations with um, that I hear a lot. From people and a lot of people you know number one for the metaverse right they're they're like okay well why the metaverse well that's the future that's that's where we're headed you know so they're really their outcome is to prepare and, and create a roadmap that leads to the metaverse and what you know then they're going to reveal reveal their roadmap for the metaverse as well but most of it is like we're trying to get to the metaverse stage which is the artistry and craft and ownership and all that in the second yeah. And that's probably beyond most of the people that are listening to this show is my thinking. Cause like the walking dead and this Murray by house are definitely developing metaverse kind of games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. somehow these characters are going to, I don't know, this art that we're buying is somehow some of them are going to show up in the metaverse. I've also seen like, if we look at what the walking dead did was they're committing to dropping five airdrops over the first year to anyone who holds their NFTs. And for those that don't know what that means, that means that they're going to be giving away essentially extra NFTs that are free, but are selling on the open market. So for example, I received two crates called contents unknown, and they're currently selling for about 0.1 Ethereum. I got them for free and they haven't revealed what they are yet. So people are trading these and speculation that they're going to be something valuable. I think Gary Vaynerchuk has done this as well, where he's Sometimes if you own the NFT, then that's the only way to get to the next NFT, right? So yes, that's the gateway. Yeah. The concept of pre-approved whitelist, right? To build out future projects. I mean, what else are you seeing? And I know that's like technically not the desired outcome, but it kind of like, it does lead to people sticking with that, that right? I, I think that is the, the number one strategy for retention, right? In a community. I'm sure that a lot of people start something and they'll go into community and then like months later, they kind of like drop off. But having that now ownership and pouring value into the community, I think that's a strong outcome. If you're a business and you're not only trying to look into NFTs to generate wealth, but also generate and curate retention and also bring proximity to your community, NFTs are going to change everything for your business, right? So I believe that's a strong strategy for outcomes. If your desire is to bring proximity and excitement around what you're building, what, what business you're in and what you're building and the brand that you're creating, NFTs is gonna change the game, you know? Not only for, for tokenizing, but airdrop part two, that, like, that's huge. You know, even with Board Ape Yacht Club, the Ape token, they just airdropped a lot of stuff to the, to the holders, right? And that's exciting, it's kind of like, pouring fuel back into the the brand and getting people more excited as they develop more opportunities to bring value to the community. Some other things that I've seen is 
for example, people use this as like the alternative to a fundraiser. Like for when you used to go to Kickstarter to raise money, yeah, you know, they're using NFTs now to raise money to be able to pull something off that they might have had to go to a venture capital firm to get in the past, right? So for some people, they're like literally starting a business and everyone who holds the NFT is going to get exclusive perks or starting an event, right? So these are also desired outcomes that you could use with this as well, right? Absolutely. And we've worked on projects in the past that have done that. They've fundraised, you know, there's a few artists, musicians that have fundraised and developed the NFT to help fund their next, you know, single in recording time. A lot of other projects that we worked on help fundraise to create a more evolved project when it comes to building the artistry, 3D art in the metaverse, right? So one of them that we worked on was dropping a collection of 4,000 PHPs. And we said, hey, how about you just focus on building a season drop? So we created a season drop of 500 and every season, so there's like every quarter they're dropping 500 and every drop they sell out and it helps fund the next evolving piece of the roadmap. So that's been an exciting journey for projects like that that are using it for fundraising and, and fueling the future and building a business around that. Well, and you, you threw a term out that my audience might not know. Go ahead and explain that that acronym for the profile pick. What was that again? Oh, yeah, yeah. PHP. <laughs> PHP is, a, a, I think it's like a generation one term of profile photo type of JPEGs, right? So you have Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, you know, uh, all those lazy lions. They're all PHP projects. Yeah, and the advantage to that, folks, is that generally speaking, it's torso and up kind of a headshot. And, you know, on Twitter, you can go if you have a Twitter blue account and you can verify that you own the thing and then you'll get this like hexagon shaped profile and that can be your identity. And a lot of people are investing in those kinds of projects. However, I do feel like we're, we're moving beyond just art for art. I feel like and we're going to get into this a little bit when we talk about roadmaps. But it seems to me, John, that let's get to your second part, right? Because desired outcomes is really important. You got to know what it is you want. Now, what's the next part of the process? So you got to have desired outcomes. Next is what type of art are you going to create, right? Because uh, there is like so many things that you can do in this space. So you have to define how are you going to represent your utility or your roadmap or your artwork, right? Is that is that a PHP? Is that 3D art? Is that, you know, really like hyper-focused, like meta verse type of artwork is that a sound is that a, how do you show up and and what makes sense to your audience so if you're a business and you know you want to create a nft project would it make sense for you to have profile looking photos or a, a collection that is php or would it make sense for you to have a token or a drawing like there's this one project that i'm really good friends with and they're called crypto hold them and they have cards they're not a PHP project, but they have like Texas Hold'em cards, which is really interesting. And that's so to brand, right? And that's how they design their NFTs. And, and they have really awesome utilities for the people that love to play Hold'em. So you got to, first of all, figure out what your outcomes are, then what type of artwork are you going to be creating? Now let's talk, let's talk about that for a second, because for example, CryptoPunks is very popular and it's ridiculous, horrible bitmappy stuff. Bored Apes is, is nice. It's not awesome. But like, for example, this Muri project that I invested in, it's anime, it's Japanese anime, which is a very distinctive style of art, which is very much attractive to a certain kind of an audience. But then this Walking Dead stuff is 3D 
video animation stuff that literally looks like it could be in a movie. You know what I mean? So it seems to me as if the art, some people are just not going to like your art, right? So this is important to think about like the art because it seems like we're moving from an era of pixelated, ugly looking art to higher end art. Do you, do you sense that at all? Oh, absolutely. I'm sensing like the next growth in the NFT space, moving away from this pixelized, you know, because it's been done and it's been done over and over again. So people are constantly hungry for something innovative. You know, remember when Instagram first came out, it looked really blocky, you know, and then it started evolving. You're like, oh, okay, now I can post photos and videos. I mean, videos that are more than six seconds long. So it evolves. So the same thing with your artwork, how is it evolving? But also how is it attracting the people that you want to build your community? Like, you know, the whole Walking Dead, that attracts people that are diehard Walking Dead lovers, but they love the artwork, you know, and it's really exciting. And there's a lot of people that love Japanese art. You know, obviously they're going to invest into that. You know, I, I love, you know, all, all the artwork when it comes to the Japanese art. And I'm an old school, like Dragon Ball Z fan and like, you know, all these. So anything that looks like in that space, I'm like, oh, I got to I got to take a look. I got to invest into these projects. Now, one thing I should probably ask you because I, and you may not know the answer, but some of these bigger collections have everyone is different, you know, and they're using some technology behind the scenes where they've all got kind of maybe uh, four or five looks like the board apes do. Right. But then they're wearing different hats. They have different weapons on their back, that kind of stuff. I would imagine this is not something that your average person can do. You have to go to a developer or something, or how does that work exactly? Yeah, so you would actually have a designer on board, and they basically utilize different ways to create layers, right? So they're like transparency layers that go on top. So this is something that we call traits. So if you're building an NFT project and you want to utilize that for your business, you got to figure out what traits are your characters? Number one, how many pieces of art are you going to be creating in your collection? And then number two, how many traits are you going to have? Are you going to have over 200 traits, 2000 traits, like the rarity levels of your traits as well? Like what makes one more rare than the other? Those are questions that I would kind of really think about when you're thinking about what the art is going to look like and, and how people are going to resonate with your art. And when you find that, and when you have that mapped out, you find an artist or you are an artist, or maybe you have an artist on your team that develops, you know, those different layers or traits. So when they throw it in the engine and they come up with them, they, you could put and establish all the traits and they all fit layered on top of each other, right? So you could have like a, a certain trait. Maybe there's only 10 traits of the body or the face. And then you could layer on like a smile, a nose, a, a hat, uh, whatever. But those things are layered on top of it. And you could have the rarity as far as like, we only have 10 traits of these. And, you know, which is super rare. Then I only have 200 traits of hats. So it's more common than the, the lower number. Yeah. And there's this great site called Rarity Sniper. I think it's raritysniper.com, but you can Google that. Go look at some of the more popular collections and you'll see that the, somehow this website looks at all the attributes and determines which ones are the most rare and ranks them. Savvy investors are going to go in and spend a lot of money for the more rare versions. For example, with The Walking Dead, there were only 50 of these ones that were super rare and they rapidly went up in volume. And then, But then I ended up getting the next rarity, right? So there are some people that are um, know that there are going to be extreme super fans, right? That are going to want to pay a lot of money 
for these rare ones and they go for ridiculous amounts of money. So this is why you should develop either one of ones in your collection, maybe a handful of them or some rare ones, because this is going to yield you probably some better downstream revenue, right? Absolutely. I, th I think, you know, some people call them legendary, right? They, these are some legendary rare one of one, you know, in this project or collection of all this, like, you know, they have levels. So having a rarity uh, levels is going to increase the value of ownership. So it's going to be beneficial not only for the collection and for you, but also the owner, the one that chooses to invest into this and flip it and, and increase in value. So that's, that's really uh, key when it comes to building out, you know, what your art's going to look like and, and what it's going to, you know, what your rarity is for your project. Okay. So if you get an artist on team, I would imagine that you still need some tool or something like that. That's going to automatically generate all that art, right? Do you know of any resources that off the top of your head, or is that more for a developer that does all that? Yeah. I mean, it's on also on the developing side, there's a lot of tools online. They used to be free, but now they cost obviously for, for obvious reasons. I don't really know on the top of my head, which ones are, are free online, but you could just literally Google AI generator, right? AI, AI, PHP generator or uh, NFT generator. And there's a ton of them online. They're making a lot of money, you know, just generating through AI, you know, you put in basically your stack list of uh, rarity, right? Like the, the different traits. So you go in like an artist would say, like, I would say go into Photoshop and they would literally make traits on traits on traits and then they could adjust everything and then they throw it all separate in files and they could throw it in a generator or you could get if, if you have a developer on your team they could develop a, a way to do that as well now one of the things that i see some of the more successful projects do is after the initial band of individuals mint it they don't reveal the art right away they intentionally wait a couple of weeks to generate secondary market sales and it seems like this is a really popular because a lot of people miss the mint right but and they buy a bunch of them for cheap on the mint and they don't know what they're going to get yet and it creates kind of a buzz yeah and then and then eventually those images are replaced with the generative art right i mean that seems like a big part of the process right oh yeah huge i mean it's it's taking on a lot of popularity number one because they avoid scams out there right so the idea of keeping it a mystery it, it brings excitement of not knowing what you're going to get. You know, it's like that feeling when you open up a pack of basketball cards or, you know, you're like, that's the whole idea of minting, right? So you're like, oh, I don't know what it is. But yeah, number one, it started because of of all the things that are happening on the space, you know, but, but bringing value to the community as well. And the excitement of like, I can't wait for the reveal. So it's like a big event. Well, and, and then some people don't like the art, so they start trading them right on the secondary market and they want this one or that one. Let's talk about roadmaps because I know this is a huge part of the, we're just going to touch on this because we've got, we've got quite a few more to talk about, but talk about why this is so important for people. I believe that if you're going to launch a project, definitely as an NFT space, I, you have to have a roadmap. You have to have something that shows what what you're where you're going and like just like any company like any founder they have to have vision for the project and, and purpose for the company or for the business plan really a roadmap is an idea that you give to the community where they can champion and be like i want to be part of this roadmap this roadmap is exciting because down the line you know i get to be part of the development and checking the things off the roadmap and i get to be a part of that because i'm an owner now so you're so invested in like a roadmap could be something as simple as, you know, like once we 
hit a number of, of sales. Like we're going to give away for those holders a t-shirt or something like that. Or we could, you have a whitelist token for the next launch or you have this. And that roadmap is really key to kind of laying out the, the brand map basically of what they can expect to be part of the community. So I think that number one, like you should have a roadmap as a project or even as a, as a business, you should have a business roadmap. But in, in this space, NFTs definitely have a roadmap that makes sense to your community so that they could get excited about, they could champion, they could tell their friends about, and they could share. And when you hit those kind of key performing indicators, right, those benchmarks on the roadmap, you get to celebrate that with the community and they get really excited about being part of the community. They want to continue sharing that, you know, online and on Twitter and Discord, you know, so it's really cool to watch roadmaps being fulfilled. But having a roadmap is definitely... 1000% very, very vital and important so that you could communicate that with your community. I also hold a legendary key from Tom Bilio's impact theory. And he was shortly after Gary Vee is one of, one of the other big guys that really said, I'm going to commit the next 20 years of my life to building out this ultimate next. He wants to be the next Walt Disney, right? So, so with the legendary key, you get all sorts of special benefits like access to him, access to his courses, first rights to derivative stuff from his movies. Like you get licensing rights from the characters of his movies and stuff like that. So the projects that have a really long-term roadmap, the benefit is people are going to hold those projects, right? Because they're not going to flip them when the next something comes out there, want to be in for the long run. Right. And that means the secondary market has fewer sales, which brings up the value of the entire marketplace. Right. Absolutely. And uh, the idea of roadmaps and I love what Tom's doing is basically saying, Hey, I'm in this, for the long run. I'm in this for life. So everything that I do is going to be added value if you decide to hold, right? Uh, my collection, my NFT that I provide. So you're part of this and you get to see that the the way the roadmap works too is it's going to evolve, you know, and, and things are going to be added to it in the future. But you now have staken in this collection and what they're doing. And as a founder, if you can really put together a roadmap that's like, hey, I'm here for the long run. I'm not here for cash grab. I'm here to stay and I'm going to develop value every chance I get for those that that are early adopters or just the ones that are coming into the project. So they have value and it increases in price. So when you see like a solid roadmap and you see that being fulfilled, the value of that, like V friends, right? Gary's thing, man, I don't think you could get a V friend for less than like, $20,000, right? Or something like that. So the value is like, it started with 500 bucks and then they increased because of the roadmap. And you got to put, put vision out there and show people like, this is the three-year plan. If you hold this, you get access to this for three years. And he has a five-year plan, a 10-year plan and forever, you know, so in perpetuity. All right. So we've talked about, you want to understand what your desired outcomes are. You want to think about the art you know, cause that's a big part of it, obviously. And then you need a roadmap. What's the fourth part of your, your process? So the fourth part of the process is understanding who your team is, right? So you have this outcome, you have the idea of what kind of art you're going to make. You have this awesome roadmap. Now it's about execution, right? It's about like, okay, who am I going to bring into the team? That's going to get the community really excited. Right. So you got to look, is it a solo project? Is it just you? Is it your business? Maybe your team, maybe you already have an artist, maybe you have developers, but you also want to look at who's on your team and what they bring to the table and how you could continue to create value in your team and with your team. What kind of people do we need to be thinking about for a team? Because some of us obviously 
probably have, I mean, I think people who are listening are beginning to realize, whoa, this isn't just like launching a, a course. This is way more complicated, right? So what, yeah. who do we need to be thinking about? Like, what are the elements we should be thinking about if we're going to do this right? We have a whole checklist for it and we'll, we'll be giving that to your audience too. But at top level, I would think that number one, you as a founder are is really important key to the team. You to drive vision of what you imagined this project becoming, right? Is it, it's part of your brand and people are going to know you and it's your reputation that's on the line. So as a founder, you know, you have to really paint a, an amazing vision that people can cling on to, right? And your leadership is going to thrive in this space. So number one is that, uh, what, what vision are you bringing to the table? Number two is I would think of, again, what we talked about artistry, like who, who is your who when it comes to artistry? Are they artists when it comes to just design work? Are they 3D artists? Are they modelers? Are they, what type of art do they create and why are they a part of your team? What makes them in proximity to you and your business? Maybe they've been a huge advocate for your company or your business you know, for a long time and now they could activate that part of artistry and, and create something really unique. So maybe they've been part of your community for a long time and you're just finding, again, the right timing to include that artist to be part of this project because they have tons of buy-in into what you've already built. Right, so that's that's number two. I would also consider a developer, a full stack developer, or just a developer that understands smart contracts and coding. Right, because you want to develop a website, you want to develop the smart contracts. Because if you're thinking about a roadmap and longevity, you want to have a developer write in contract what the holders are going to get in the future, what kind of value that they're going to get, and you want to make sure that they understand that they can write something in a contract that's going to be set in blockchain and will not be changed forever. So it's locked in there. So you want to make sure that you have a solid developer on your team that knows what they're doing. And it's really important to find that. And if you don't have that connection, it's really cool to go to these meetups and meet people in person. And like, you know, like I said, like the community that we're building here in Nashville, you're going to meet people that you could connect with and align with and have chemistry with that wants to work on incredible projects. So they're looking to use their development skills and the developer skills on projects and they're looking for the right people. So again, if you also don't know an artist, you can meet people at these meetups as well, but you can also meet people online. Well, and also you're going to need, I mean, obviously we don't have time to go into everything you're going to need, but you're probably going to need some influencers or you're going to need somebody with some marketing background to kind of get the community development side of it. Because if you don't have a community, this isn't going to just sell. You need a community developer. Yeah. Manager. Yeah. It's absolutely a big part of it. So what's the last part of your process? Yeah. So the last part is absolutely the delivery. This is the most important part because you can have all the intention as a project to deliver something valuable to a community. But if you don't execute that, if you don't deliver that, you could have a roadmap that's so robust, like we're going to build, you know, a theme park and we're going to do these, you know, you can have all this stuff, but if you can't execute or deliver your community is going to just really not trust you or the project anymore. A lot of that, and I've seen this happen time and time again, unfortunately. Again, you know, some people are intentional and some people are not intentional. And the non-intentional ones, my heart breaks because maybe they didn't see through the process of development. You know, how are they going to, you know, they have set this, this launch date and mint date and their dev team or their artists, like we couldn't meet that. So they have to push it back. You know, and that's totally fine. I think that the transparency of delivery is going to build more authenticity in a community. So the more that, and this is why community managers are so important. How do you communicate to your community 
from the leadership perspective to your artistry to the developers, you want to be transparent and communicate the timing of everything and the delivery on everything because you also want to create a safe place for your community that you're building and make sure that they're, they're going to be able to receive the things that you promise, right? So delivery is so huge and we put that at the very top, but it's the last thing that you got to add to your, your checklist as you're building your roadmap and developing your NFT project. When we were preparing, I put in my notes, Pixelmon. What does that mean? Can you? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So here's an example of a very ambitious project. You know, if you look up Pixelmon on Twitter, they had this, it it was like this metaverse, you know, gaming world. And they had like these characters that were really, it was like pixelated, but robots and like everybody was excited. Like this project was literally the next blue tick, you know, the next blue check. And in the NFT space, and people were really excited. The day that they launched, the day that they launched, they put it out. And when people minted, the the characters that they got were just all over Twitter in a negative way because they looked like they were underdeveloped. And the problem was that they had this ambitious roadmap, which they could absolutely execute on, but they had to, instead of pushing it back and saying, we need more time to develop this, they just stuck to the launch date. And when they did, they just said it was a processing speed. It was a lot of stuff that was on the development side. It, the artwork was just not, it was just so under par to what they had promised. And the visualization of, of what they've been putting out did not match what people had minted on the day. And they had a lot of just a lot of backlash on, on the project. Well, and their, their product probably dropped. A lot of people probably sold it because they didn't like the art, right? And this is why the art is so important, right? Yes. So what's the moral of the story here? Yeah, the moral of the story is transparency and communication and make sure that you're able to deliver on the promises. So if you're building this NFT project and you're utilizing, you know, your business and, and your brand, you want to make sure that you got some really solid team and solid artists. You want to make sure that everybody is part of this for the right reasons and also being realistic about your delivery date and what exactly people are getting. And you want to build that organic hype and it's it's organic that's why community is so important in this space building the right community that are excited about the project and having a roadmap that makes sense to them and bring value to them john mediana mediana how's the proper pronoun is it mediana (laughs) mediana yeah john mediana thank you so much first of all for going slowly through all these steps because there's so many people that want to do this and if they listen to what you talked about they're going to hopefully decrease the likelihood they pull a Pixelmon for lack of better words. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't pull where, a Pixelmon. Yeah. If people want to discover more about you and all the great stuff that you've got going on, is there someplace you want to send them? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me online on Instagram. Twitter is mostly where I hang out. LinkedIn at John Mediana. That's media. Nah, media is in my name. Uh, so I felt like I was born to do this. They could also visit what we're doing at executivebrandgrowth.com for personal brand marketing. And if you want to be more involved in the community in the NFT space, you could go to nftnashville.live. And we made a specific link for all you social media examiners folks out there. So you could go to nftnashville.live backslash SME. And what you'll do is get the checklist that I had described in more detail. And we'll also update you on events and, and cool opportunities in the future. Awesome, John. Thank you so much again for coming on and sharing your insights. And I know a lot of people are going to be better for it. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much, Michael. 
Hey, if you missed anything, and I'm sure you did, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C16. The letter C and the number 16. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And if you've been a long-time listener, which hasn't been a super long time, but if you've been listening for a while, let your friends know about this show. We are at Stelsner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may Web 3.0 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research.